Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast, hosted by Renita Ray Davis, licensed clinical social worker, board-approved social work clinical supervisor, and facilitator of the Goddesses of Social Work supervision community. Join us as we travel through the social work journeys told by the Goddesses of Social Work community members, past and present, as they make their way toward clinical licensure. Welcome to the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. In today's episode, Tanessa Buchanan, LMSW, has joined the show. Tanessa Buchanan, LMSW, was born into a military family. Her father enlisted when she was in the second grade, and her family began traveling all over from there. Tanessa went to three different high schools in three years at one point because of all of the moving. Tanessa lived in Germany for four years and moved back to the States her high school senior year. Tanessa attended Auburn University and received her BA in psychology and of course an MSW. Tanessa never intended to become a social worker. That didn't happen until her senior year of college. She also didn't discover her passion until graduate school. Currently, Tanessa is on a journey of learning to be selfish as she has found her life and education choices were all based on what she thought others wanted. Welcome Tanessa. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Vanessa, reading your bio, I noticed that we have some similar themes in our social work journey. One, of course, being a graduate of the esteemed Auburn University School of Social Work, War Eagle. But we are both military brats. How do you think being raised in a family that travels so much prepared you for your social work journey? I think the main thing for me is being an army brat really taught me to be resilient um and it's funny i had a conversation with my mom the other day and she told me that i was resilient um but i'm just i'm so used to change i it is very common it was very common throughout my childhood um whether i wanted to change or not it was happening there was nothing we could do about it because the government said we had to go um so I think that was the most thing. I'm just, anything that you throw me in, I can adapt to it pretty easily. I love that. I have some favorite words in my vocabulary toolkit and resiliency is one of them. And I never thought about military brats. I shouldn't say that, but it's true. But I never thought about military brats being resilient. We have to be, right? Yes. I remember in the third grade, we ended up having to move and I had a best friend in the third grade and she had maybe this little monkey stick and we moved in the middle of the night and I left that monkey stick underneath the pillow and it was so traumatizing. (laughs) (laughs) But being a military brat taught me how to be adaptable in situations with new people, new friends every three years having to move. So I love that resiliency does describe being growing up in a military family. And then now being a social worker, using that skill set is helping you, serving you well. Your bio, Tanessa, says that you never intended to become a social worker. I could not wait to hear your social work journey. How did you get here if this was never your intention? Well, it's, I always hate saying like my journey into social work because I just sound like I just didn't know anything but it was really because um of a professor that I had 
Um, I originally intended to go to school to get my clinical um, degree in psychology, clinical psych. I always wanted to do, I don't know, I just, I always wanted to help veterans specifically because I grew up in a military family, active duty or veterans. And I was the type of person where like I planned my whole life out and it was going to go according to that plan. And I knew next to nothing about social work. And when I was in college, I thought social workers were just the people who came and took your kids. Like it wasn't talked about in school for me growing up, like K through 12, when we were talking about career day, it was never social work. Um, so I had no, I had no intentions of it until I kind of had like a little crisis my senior year. And I was like, I don't think I want to do clinical psychology. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't know until about close to graduation that social work was what I was going into. <laughs> so it sounds like you had to change your major or you chose to change your major and became a, talk to us about what that process was like for you. Um, so I did, I graduated with my BA in psychology because I really did love psychology. Um, but when I was choosing schools to go to for um, graduate school, I knew that I was going to go into social work. I had a couple months. It was really, it was very weird. It was like overnight. I woke up one morning knowing that I was going into social work. I had been doing my um, like applications for clinical psych. And I just stopped working on them. And I was like, social work, it's, it's going to be social work. And I started working on my my social work applications. <laughs> and, um, you know, shout out to the, the staff at Auburn University, because they really helped me out. When I tell you it was a very quick decision, it was a very quick decision. Um, but it was just one of those things where it felt right. It felt like what I, what I needed and what I wanted. Um, and I had never felt so sure about something in my entire life, then I wanted to be a social worker. I love that. What was it that the professor said to you that stuck with you that made you wake up one morning and say, this is what I'm going to do? So her name is um, Dr. Shackelford, Dr. Kimberly Shackelford. I don't know if you know her because she's, she's been at the university a long time, but um when I was going through that little crisis I was having my senior year, I was an undergraduate TA um, for an intro to psych class. And part of that was like I had an office and I was around these other um, graduate students. I wasn't a graduate student yet, but I was around graduate students. And a lot of them were in clinical psych. And so I was talking to them about it. And I had one student who told me, she was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. It doesn't seem like clinical psych is for you. And at first it was like a slap in the face because I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? But it got me thinking, maybe she's right. Because she was like, I don't think you'll love it. And I was like, maybe she's right. So I went and talked to another professor um, and he was the one who introduced me into social work because his wife was a social worker. And because of that, I chose to take a introduction to social work course um, as one of my electives. And that's the one that Dr. Shackelford taught. And she ended up, I mean, I talked to her so much throughout the entire experience, but her class, the way that she talked about social work, the way that she loved social work, and she worked in child welfare, and I thought I would never go into child welfare, but she absolutely loved it. The stories that she would tell 
And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. The way that she would describe how she was helping people, I didn't get that with anything I did in psychology. You know, I felt like I understood human behavior very well in psychology, but I didn't get that, the humanity that I got with social work. Um, and that, I don't even know if Dr. Shackelford realizes that really like changed the whole trajectory of my career. Hopefully she'll know now, maybe you'll send this to her. So yes. shout out to Dr. Shackelford. Yes. One of the things that I'm intrigued by with your story, still staying within the university setting is that you knew, because some people don't know, like I didn't know I was going to go and get my master's immediately after I got my undergraduate degree, but you knew that you were going to get your master's. And I'm curious, can you tell us about why did you know, even though you didn't know where you get your master's or what you were getting your master's in, you knew you were going to get that graduate degree. What was that? Why? <laughs> why? I think it was one, I had already gotten my um, my undergraduate degree, my BA in psychology. And so I knew that I needed kind of like a stepping stone into social work. And I I knew that I I wanted to do social work and it seemed like the the next easy step. I mean, it was terrifying because I didn't, I really took like two social work courses undergrad year and those were like electives. And I was like, I'm just jumping into something that I don't know nothing about. But at that point, Ms. Renita, I was like, you know what? It's either you go big or you go home. Like I've already decided that this is what I'm going to do. So I might as well commit as much as I can. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but it did. <laughs> so I'm glad I did it. We're glad you did it too. I remember Social Work 101. I knew I, I had a professor who told me to become a social worker. And I remember sitting in my Social Work 101 class and feeling like, oh, I'm home. It yeah. felt like home. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting from you. Yeah. So then you got your master's. And then what happened? What What's the rest of your social work journey? Uh, my social work journey is still relatively new. I was just thinking about this. I graduated like a year and a half ago. <laughs> and um, after after graduation, I went immediately into studying studying um, for my licensure. And I graduated in May. I got my license in September. And I just continued working with children while I was doing that. So I was working at a daycare. And then I decided that I am just going to throw caution to the wind. Because like I said before, I've always been someone who planned out my entire life. And then all of a sudden, I was doing something that I never thought of. I honestly, if you were to ask me 10 years ago, I would not tell you that I was going to be a social worker. So I was like, we're no longer planning. We're just going to, you know, let go whatever happens, happens. And so that ended up with me working in foster care right now. Um, had no intention of working in foster care. I just thought whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and so that's kind of how I'm, I'm going about things. Like when people ask me, what do I want to do? I feel a lot more comfortable now saying, I don't know. I just want to be a social worker. Like that's, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do in social work, but I know I'm a social worker. So that's where I am right now. You know what? I remember years ago, because we, we can be called therapists, we can be called counselor, we can be called case manager, we can be called qualified treatment professional. There's so many 
titles, but I remember thinking no matter what the organization or agency that I was working in, whatever title they gave me, I always was going to call myself social worker. And that's what it sounds like, no matter what title. And it also feels like you realize that social work is a broad profession and there are so many things. And if you put yourself in a box, you might miss out on some of the opportunities if you're not staying open to all that is possible with, within this profession. Yes. And I think that was one of the the beauty for me in graduate school is I came into graduate school not really knowing a lot about social work. And now I know that social work is not what I thought it was at all. And there's so many opportunities. And I remember when I first started um, supervision with you, you said something along the lines of like getting out there and, you know, going to play. And just and I was like, that resonates so much with what I'm thinking right now, because I'm in that area in my life where I'm just like, I don't know what it is, but I know I'm just going to go out there and try everything and see see what I like, see what sticks, because I love helping everyone. So, so far, every job that I've had in social work, I've really loved and appreciated because I know I was able to help somebody. Oh, I love that. And I love that resonated with you. I remember for almost 10 years, the first 10 years of my career, you know, my brother, he was a computer genius and my sister's a musician and they were sticking with what they were doing. Here I am in social work every three years. I was changing jobs and I let, you know, thinking, oh, why can't you just be stable? But social work is so broad that you all, you know, all you can do is just go out there and play. Oh, I'm going to go play with this genre genre now. I'm going to go, you know, play and learn and experience this particular population now. And I think that's what makes us well-rounded and able to serve because we're supposed to serve all. We don't get to pick and choose who comes through our doors. And so when we're able to stay open, I love that so much that you're willing to stay open. So Ness, I want to kind of go back just a little bit because one of the things with new graduate students who are coming out, they think they're going to get licensed next month. You know, they graduate in June or July <laughs> and they think it's about a month process. But I heard you say, tell me what your, your process was like, because it sounded like about three, four months. Yes. So I started um, like right after graduation. I knew that I wanted to be licensed pretty soon because Auburn University, at least how it was for me and my cohort, they were like, do it as soon as possible. Don't wait until you're out of school for like a year or two. Like do it when it's like everything is still fresh and all that stuff. So I was really big on, I'm going to do it as soon as possible, but it is a process because you, <laughs> you do have to wait. Um, and so it didn't take as long as I thought it would. Um, and I probably could have did it a little sooner, but I am like, I had so much anxiety when it came to that test because I just knew it was super important and I was kind of putting it off, but I scheduled it like right around my birthday. It was a week before my birthday. I scheduled that picture that I sent you. That was the my first week as a licensed social worker. So that's why I sent it because I was like, this is very fitting. Um, but I scheduled it around a week before my birthday because I was trying to put into the universe that I was going to pass. And then the next weekend I was going to celebrate. Um, but it was it was a, a lengthy process, but Auburn University did a very good job of preparing us and letting us know this isn't going to happen immediately, 
but while you're you use that time to kind of study get things together um and then do it as soon as you can so as soon as I had the opportunity to do it I did it awesome and I love the picture I immediately responded oh my goodness this is such a great picture and now to know the energy behind it is so awesome I love that you know, I talk to you guys all the time about vision boards and, you know, putting it out there that this is what you want. And so for you to have taken this picture to know that this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to take this test, I'm going to pass it, and then I'm going to go celebrate my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is fantastic. Tanessa, so, you know, just for those people who may not know why, to, not just the fact that you put it off just a little bit, sounds like you just put it off about a month once mm -hmm. you probably got approved, but just yes. kind of help walk people through the steps. And you correct me if I'm wrong. So when you graduate, you have to kind of wait on your transcript from whatever university you're in, right? And that sometimes could take up to a month to have that graduation transcript. But you can go ahead and apply to whatever board, state board you're in. You were in Alabama. So you can go ahead and apply to your state board. But even that, they have to wait on your transcript. And then it takes about 30 days. I even called the board today about something. And they're like, it takes 14 to 21 days. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> so it might take up to 30 days to hear back from the board. And then once you get that letter from the board that you're going to take to the or go to the testing center with with your with your particular individual code, your te the testing center. And I know they're changing it may not have a test date in the month that you want to test. Right. So say you get it in January, the next testing date might not be until February or March. So we just kind of want people to know, you know, even though you graduate in July, you know, give yourself some wiggle room to know that you may not actually sit for the test until September or October yes because I think one of the longest one of the longest parts of that was getting my transcripts <laughs> like I thought when I graduated I was going to get them so quick it took a it took a minute <laughs> it took a minute and I was like oh, I'll, I'll come up there and get them from you but it took a minute to get those transcripts so that was probably the longest part of it on top of waiting those like you know seven to 14 days to get um everything back from them so yeah it's not going to happen immediately after graduation <laughs> it, i just wanted to put that out there and i love you know there's a lot of people who graduate there's a lot of folks who are waiting on their transcripts so yeah. just helping folks to have a little patience with the universities that you're uh graduating from that it takes them a minute to process your graduate transcript I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, Tanessa. I heard you say that, you know, social work wasn't mentioned in career day. <laughs> you know, they talk about the, the big jobs or whatever, but social work was just not one of those. You work with kids now, and I know that that's not part of your job, but could you see yourself going to career day and talking to kids about the possibilities in social work? I could. I definitely could. That was one of the things where um, I was saying that I didn't discover my passion until graduate school. My passion is children. I, I did not know that that was for me until graduate school. And it wasn't even because necessarily, I mean, graduate school had a part to do with it. But because I was in graduate school, I was also working. And that's when I started working at the daycare. And I was like, I love children. 
Um, and so I would love to educate children about social work because I really did not get that in school. I mean, I got, we got like the doctor. I think I wanted to be everything but a social worker. It was not mentioned. <laughs> so um, I really didn't know anything about social work until college. So if I would have had that knowledge back in high school or middle school, even, I think it would have been a completely different journey. Talking about putting stuff in the universe, put it out there. We're letting teachers and school principals know that we're willing to come talk okay. to your students. And wouldn't that be awesome? Because sometimes I think too, you know, you mentioned that you don't take people's children. You know, that's what people think about when they think about social work. And so to be able to go into the school settings and say, hey, these are the possibilities in social work. It will change the narrative. We're not just coming here to, you know, take take you from your home. I've never done that. But these are some of the things that I've gotten to experience in social work. And so allowing kids and teenagers to see us in a different light. Where do you want to go to Nessa? Like, yeah, I know you said it's just been a year and a half, two years, but what plans do you have for your social work journey? Well, my next plan um, right now, I'm focused on getting my clinical license, which I originally, again, I was not planning on doing that. I was just doing supervision because I had to do supervision. Um, and it's funny because you kind of made that decision for me. <laughs> You're like clinical license. Okay. And I was like, I was like, okay, that's good. Cause like I was, what was holding me back? There was nothing holding me back with myself. So right now I'm focused on getting my clinical license. Um, and I've been out of school for about a year and a half. Well, no, almost a year and a half. Um, but I kind of miss learning. I kind of miss learning more about my profession, about people. Um, so I've also been thinking about going back and, you know, kind of furthering my education. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea right now, if I should put some more, because I'm still relatively new to social work. So I don't know if I should put some more years in before I go back. I don't want to just jump the gun. But um, that's that's where I am right now. Oh my goodness. Dr. R and I just had the most amazing conversation earlier today. She is on the podcast. Her episodes are going to launch with yours. And she is, that is what we all need to listen to, why you should go back and get your doctorate, either your PhD or your DSW. And I don't think necessarily yeah, I need any more experience than what you already have. And so I want to encourage you and everyone out there to listen to Dr. R's um, episode, I don't know what episode number it's going to be, but um, it's going to be entitled um, From Pizza to PhD. <laughs> <laughs> she was working at a pizza joint and got her MSW and went on and got her doctorate. Now she's a tenured faculty or on the tenure track um, at uh, one of the universities in Florida. So I want to encourage you, yes, ma'am, do it. We need folks who, and she said it, she's going to say it so much better than I did, but who have that intellectual curiosity and still know how to do the practice work. We need folks getting their doctorate and their, and or their DSW. So let's put that out there in the university. So I'm encouraging you to do so. Who was your favorite social work instructor or mentor, Tanessa? Um, I have a couple. So the main one I thought about was um, Dr. Shackelford. 
I think that she is an amazing social worker. Um, and then uh, the other one that I thought about was, it's very funny because she also has my name. Um, well, it's her name because she's older than me, but um, Tanessa Shepard. I, she has been great. Um, I don't even think she would consider herself a mentor for me, but she was definitely a mentor for me. And I, she was like my therapist, my mentor, everything when it came to social work, because I was just this newbie social worker, didn't know anything. And she taught me so much. She gave me so much advice. She led me straight to you. Um, so, yeah. I love that. I love Tanessa. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tanessa. And I think she will be surprised. Yeah, that you consider her mentor and um but is she has so much wisdom and I love that you got to experience her and I hope that you continue to tap into that wisdom you know throughout your career because she does have so much wisdom tell me one a couple of things what did you learn from Dr. Shackelford and two what did you learn from Tanessa for um Dr. Shackelford is so funny because <laughs> they're kind of opposite. From Dr. Shackelford, I really learned this idea of like selflessness and really the ability that she has to care for people, the the things that she did, because she, she worked in child welfare for a very long time. And um, I think she worked in like Mississippi and some other states. And, you know, these are like, some of the poor states in the South. And so the, like the things that she did for her clients and her community, um, you know, I don't think social workers get enough credit for, for what they do out there. And then from Tanessa, I learned, that's why I said they're opposite. I learned selfishness and not that in a negative way, because I know selfish has a negative connotation sometimes, but she, she really taught me to do things for me, you know, to not worry about how someone else will feel about my decision to better my future. Um, she really, really taught me that because as a new social worker, I was so focused on pleasing everybody. Um, and she, she taught me that I didn't have to do that. You know, at the end of the day, I have to be happy with myself as a social worker and I have to be happy with the work that I'm doing as a social worker. Um, and I, like I said, I really don't think she knows how much, how helpful she was to me <laughs> while we worked together. She was so helpful. I know she got tired of me. I was in her office all the time, just trying to get all the wisdom that I could because in my head, she was just like the pinnacle of social work. Like I was like, oh my gosh, she knows so much. Um, so, yeah. I love that so much. I She's actually coming on the show next year. So we're going to get to talk mm -hmm. to Tanessa next year. So really excited to have her. But I'm, you know, before I move on to the next question, Tanessa, I'm curious, how has your journey of being selfish in this profession? You know, because here you are, you know, social workers are selfless and we do all these things that nobody really knows that we do. And that's kind of what we're taught. And then to get this paradigm shift of learning to be selfish. I'm, you know, we're military brats and I know, you know, going into these different cultures are like cultural shocks. 
this is what this feels like to me for you. Like, is this a cultural shock for you moving into the selfish journey of social work? It is just because naturally in my personality anyway, I am a people pleaser. I've always been that way. Um, my, my family has told me, my friends have told me, um, so it is really hard for me to step out of that. It's hard for me to do it in my personal life, but to do it at work is even harder because I feel like I had these obligations and things of that nature. Um, but I am coming to realize that I also get to define how I want to be as a social worker. Um, and so if, that if I don't feel that from the company that I'm in or the work that I do, then I have the right to move on, um, which that has taken me, believe it or not, a very long time. I used to think that I owed anyone who did anything for me as a social worker that I owed them everything. Um, when a simple thank you and I appreciate it, it would have been just fine. Um, but I, I'm still learning in that journey. I'm I'm love that you're learning. I'm so glad that uh, you were able to give both Dr. Shackerford and Tanessa their flowers, right? So even though we all no one nothing in this profession, every now and again it feels good to get get flowers. And so I know both of those beautiful women will appreciate it. So we're still, you know, we're packing up. We're packing up. We're you know coming to the end of this conversation. What? would you pack on your social work journey? What are some things you would take with you? Um, Things that I would take with me on my social work journey. The main thing is to remember why I'm doing social work. I've used that one a lot um, because I think sometimes when working with people, um, you know, everyone has different personalities. You're not going to get along with everyone. Like I said, I'm a people pleaser. So when I don't please people, <laughs> I um, I really have to remind myself why I do this. I think another thing is to bring the research, the literature, the DSM, those things, because um, I'm a, you know, a firm believer in continuing to learn. Um, I love to read articles in my spare time, even though I don't have a copy of the DSM yet, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, but I, I still will read through my like electronic version and stuff like that. Um, just cause I, I, I love to know what I don't know. And, um, I'm trying to think what else would I bring community? Cause I am learning that community is, um, it's very powerful and something that I need as a social worker. I was holding my breath when you said you didn't have your DSM. I know. But then you said you had the electronic copy and that I could excel. I was like, what? <laughs> but I love that. I think, you know, I said this in a different episode. I'm sure which one, but, you know, competency number one, the CSW gives us is to be lifelong learners. Obviously, we got to get our CEUs to keep our licenses, but those um, 
of us who want to really lean into being a lifelong learner, you don't have to just be learning through your CDUs, right? Learn, do, read the articles. I read the DSM for fun. You all know that. I read it for fun. I geek out on it a little. So I love hearing that. And the fact that you have an electronic version um, is, is really good. What are, what's something that you would leave behind in regards to social work? Um, I would say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I truly have not had a super, I mean, you know my story and everything, but I have not had a super negative experience with social work so far. Anything, I think I'm still in the honeymoon phase of social work because <laughs> I can't think of anything where I'm like, I would let that go. I don't know. I love that. I absolutely love it. which leads me to my last question. I think I told you this would be your last question. What is it that you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to frame it like this. One of my favorite quotes in hip hop is when did you fall in love with hip hop? And so I often ask social workers, when did you fall in love with social work? And so when did you fall in love with social worker and, or what is it that you do love about social work that keeps you in this honeymoon phase? Um, I really love the interaction that I can have with people. I think in some of the other professions that even the other helping professions, that interaction is kind of blocked off. Um, I think social workers really kind of get the closest to their clients. Um, and they go through these experiences with their clients that some of these other professions, like maybe like your psychologist or your your doctor or whatever it is, they don't experience the same thing. Um, and I think that being that close to just human interaction and even the stuff I do now, like working at a foster care um, and seeing these children come in or, you know, seeing even the bad behaviors or working with the adults and I'll get cussed out by like a 70 year old woman, but then she'll call me later on in the night and, you know, give me a Bible verse and, you know, apologize and say how great I'm doing. And she's so happy I'm doing the job because nobody else wants to do the job. I just, I love that. I love that connection. I love that interaction. Um, and I don't think I can get that anywhere else in any other career. I don't think I can help people the way social workers help people um, in any other field. I love that. I love that they used to, I can get cussed out by a 70 year old woman. <laughs> and, and the fact that you're like, yeah, there's not anything about social work that I just, that I would leave <laughs> behind. That is great. It is great. Tanessa, I have so many more questions, but I'm, I'm going to leave it here. It's been such a pleasure interviewing you and, uh, you know, another Auburn alum. It's been, that's been fun. And then also to get your, and hear your experience about being a military brat and how that's impacted your social work career. Absolutely wish you the best. I know you're going to do great things and I'm going to leave, I'm going to say this one last time. Please listen to Dr. Richard Daly's uh, podcast episode about going into getting your PhD or mm -hmm. your DSW. I think 
when you said um, you would take research with you, you're, you you keep leaning into it and keep leaning into it. So I cannot wait to call you Dr. Buchanan, LMSW. I'm excited about being able to have the opportunity to, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Buchanan, LCSW. Yes. There we go. I have been corrected. <laughs> awesome. Tanessa, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Goddesses of Social Work podcast. We are glad you were here. If you liked this episode, please come back to hear more stories of the journeys through social work and please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. See you next time here on the Goddesses of Social Work podcast.